My name is Ashley, and this is Let's Talk Dispatch. I do. <laughs> You're gonna do it. Do it really well. And I believe the world needs more dispatchers. In the mud, blood, and beer. Years that I'm not working Fourth of July. Fourth of July. Community policing, right? What about community dispatching? So on this show, with the help of my guests, we will educate, empower, and support the heroes behind the headset. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here on Let's Talk Dispatch with me, the Raspy Dispatcher. I just wanted to take some time today to thank you all for subscribing to the podcast. You know, at first, uh, I went, I've gone through a lot of, like, growing with the Rothby Dispatcher and kind of finding what it is I want to do, how I want to do it. Um, and this Let's Talk Dispatch is definitely something that has been an idea in the back of my mind for a good amount of time, wanting to connect with folks, get more information out there that is dis- dispatch specific <laughs> to uh, dispatchers. And it's been really fun watching this grow on the YouTube channel, then turn into a podcast and everyone liking, subscribing, giving me reviews, giving me feedback. I love it. I really appreciate it. And I just want to thank you all for all of that support. Um, Of course, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe, uh, leave a review. Even if it's just tapping five stars, it's helpful getting us out there for more people to see and listen to. And of course, um, another thing that's been blowing up a little bit, and I super appreciate Halcyon for sharing it during uh, Dispatch uh, Conference Week, are Because We Need More Dispatcher shirts and our Dispatch merch. So if you're interested in any of that, you can head over to theraspydispatcher.com or hit me up on Instagram and we can get you set up with that stuff. Um, as for today, we're going to be talking to Chris from NRV 911 about her experience as a dispatcher CTO and her journey and into becoming an EMP. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me this morning or this afternoon for you. Yeah. <laughs> had some fun, like, wait, what time is it? I'm like, no, no, no. It's a specific oh time. No, it's- no, I was sitting on the couch last night with my husband and I went, <gasps> what? I was like, oh my God, Ashley's in California. And he was like, who? <laughs> the podcast I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't realize. I was like, all right, we're going to have to rechange it. But I ended up, I actually called my mom because she lives right down the road. And I was like, so I was going to schedule it during the baby's nap time, but I can't do that anymore. I was like, can you watch her? She's like, yeah, just bring her on. So yeah. Mom so she's, yeah. So she's there for a little bit. And I said, I'll come get her back when I'm done. <laughs> like I promised 12 hours later. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, mama's got some stuff to do. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you so much. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for jumping on. Like it's super flexible. Like I know like we, especially dispatchers, right? Like especially you know, folks with families, like, I always thought it was so interesting, like, dispatches with kids, like, especially young kids, shift work, trying to find a workaround, like, people who are doing this job, first responders in general, with, like, kids under the age of two, like, whoo, (laughs) power to you guys, for sure. Yeah, I, um, I've got an eight-year-old stepdaughter, and I've been in her life since she was two, 
-hmm. And then my daughter is about to turn two in like two weeks. Mm -hmm. But I keep, um, I keep getting uh, Snapchat memories on that pop up that like two years ago today, I was like out to here and I'm at the dispatch console and I'm like, (laughs) and I was like, only one more shift till maternity leave. Only two more hours till maternity leave. Yeah, I worked all the way up almost to the very end, but because it was the September of 2020, so COVID was like in the height of it, my doctors, did, we didn't really know a lot about it, so they ended up writing me out two weeks early for quarantine, mm. So and, nor, and they don't even know if they do that anymore, with, but I remember my OBs wanted me out, so for the last like two weeks of pregnancy, I didn't have to be at work. I think I could have done it, but I was getting... A little tired. Oh my <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to go. Yeah, I mean, the be, the shifts are long in general, but like you're you're cre- you're creating a life inside of you. Like that's all yeah. the whole plus yeah. one in your little cubicle. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, do you remember when Chris was like nine months pregnant and just slouched in the chair? And I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do remember that. It's funny because one of my academy mates. Uh, we have a group chat still, you know, we're no longer at the same agency, but um, she's, she's significantly younger than me. And, and we always joked with her, like, we've gone through like all of her big moments in life. Like during Academy, she turned 21. It was like, Oh, you can drink. Like you're like a big baby, you know? And then we went to her wedding, you know, (laughs) like a year later. And now she just had a kid and I'm just like all these huge milestones with her. Um, and she decided to go back as a reserve rather than full-time. Um, but just dispatching like while pregnant, I mean, I always, it, I have to run to the bathroom now. I can't imagine like, oh, it was the sick, were, morning sickness and like all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I remember, um, right during, right before I announced it, because it was right. Like I found out I was pregnant in January. And then February, we had our first ultrasound. And then March, the world shut down. And so I was trying to keep it, you know, kind of quiet. And I was being really paranoid and really want anybody in my pod because we didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I was just vomiting in the bathroom. And my supervisor came to check on me. And I was like, I don't have COVID. I'm just really <laughs> And she was like, oh. <laughs> Congrats. I was, like, I was like, don't send me home. I don't have COVID. <laughs> But I, I actually kept it a, a secret for a while, and all I had was just like ginger ale and crackers on my in my pod for weeks. And people probably assumed, but nobody called me out on it. And then yeah. finally, when I announced it, everybody was like, "Oh, yeah, no one wants to be the one who's wrong." Like, I like no, what no. Are you doing? <laughs> no, like, no one no. gets that question wrong, <laughs> right? So I remember I told my supervisor, and she kept it quiet for me for a little bit because. Everybody was so paranoid. Like if you would sneeze, you'd cough, you do anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to be around anyone. And I was vomiting in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's funny because um, in, I feel like pregnancies and comp centers come in like, especially larger ones come in like threes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I remember at my old center, our gym was like attached to the backside of our locker rooms. So mm-hmm. I remember coming out of the gym changing about to hit the floor and then I just hear someone like throwing up in the bathroom and I'm like hey you Gross. good and it was one of the one of the ladies who was pregnant and I was like oh you're just you're just pregnant you get it's fine yeah you, get all? you okay like 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, it was, man. and I know that right when, you know, maternity leave was great. And, but as maternity leave was like coming to an end, I had such mixed emotions. Mm-hmm. I was still really hormonal mm-hmm. and I didn't want to leave her, but I was also like, I'm ready to go back. And I remember the first day I went back, I was on a police channel. I think I probably made so many mistakes. I just <laughs> cried for 12 hours. I was like, this is such a mistake. What am I doing here? <laughs> and then, and then we, syndrome. Like. Yeah. And I, and I had already been dispatching for, you know, almost six years by that point. Mm-hmm. But I was, it, goodness gracious. And then finally, like once we got into the groove of it and everything, it's hard, but I mean, we make it work with, especially like with the shift work and mm-hmm. I work daylight. So it's 7am to 7pm. Mm-hmm. And so on the days that I work, I obviously miss her waking up in the morning and miss all day with her, but we've timed her bedtime, right? So when I come home at 730, we hang out, we do the bedtime routine, and then I get to put her to bed. So I, I, I at least get those, you know, and her dad, her dad's a rock star on the days that I'm working. He gets homework done, you know, what uh, kids, uh, kids fed. I mean, he, he's got it going on. So when I come in, when I come in at, you know, after work, after the, the long day, because he's got the typical hours, you know, yeah. he's got Monday through Friday, you know, I guess it's like eight to four, eight to five, that kind of. So we definitely have. We definitely have two completely different shifts. Like, and I work every other weekend and he's mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. every weekend. So there are those times when I'm working on the weekends and he's got the kids where it's just kind of lonely. And you yeah. feel like you're sitting in the console and you're like, this stinks. But I love it though. You know, every time I ever think about like what my life might be if I'm not there, I'm like, no, I, I really like it here. <laughs> so I, I really, you know, as of right now, like I'm content and I'm happy. I've mm-hmm. been Come February, it'll be eight years. Wow. Which is crazy to say that I really, truly never thought I would be. I literally just got the job out of college because, you know, loans were coming up and I couldn't find a job. How'd you get into public safety? What was the, what's your intro story? So um, I went to school at a liberal arts college, actually like an hour from where I live now. And I, uh, I majored in theater performance and design. And I wanted to do a lot of like um, set design and directing and all that kind of stuff. But I remember as I graduated, I really was not willing to move to New York or California or someplace like that. I really, you know, and I knew that was the only probably big way for me to actually make it. And so I kind of looked at some jobs around my general area and nothing was really, nothing was really coming through. And my dad has been an officer now either 36 or 37 years. I can't remember how long, but at the police department he worked, which was my hometown. He was like, you know, they're hiring dispatchers. Why don't you just, you know, why don't you come and put an application? And even though I had grown up around it and I had, you know, my dad was a, my dad was a cop. I had been in the dispatch center before. You don't really know what, what they do. You Mm -hmm. just, nobody has any idea of what they really do. But I was like, okay, sure, whatever, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I got the job and I remember thinking like, I'll just do this for a couple months until something else, <laughs> you know, until something else comes along. And I remember, you know, getting out of training and my training, we were in a really small department. I mean, the town that I used to live in had only eight, 9,000 people, the eight square mile town split into two sectors, North and South. You know, very, very small police department. Um, 
And at any given moment, it was usually just one dispatcher mm. on. And sometimes there would be two if we had a good day. But for the most part, it was just one. And I remember two women, one quit. And I think one retired early for some reason or whatever, within like the same week of each other. So I remember coming in and I was in the middle of training. And my supervisor told me, sit down, grab your headset and go. I don't have time. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's kind of, I really did get trained trial by fire pretty mm. much. You know, it was, we need, like, I had been in training for a couple months and we had lost two dispatchers and they, I just, I needed to show up. And I remember I felt really good about that. And mm. after I got out of training and I started accomplishing more and I would have really good days and the officers started trusting me and the detectives started trusting me and I got that good relationship and rapport with everybody. And I just, it just made me feel really fulfilled and really happy that I was, you know, and of course I had big shoes to fill and because um, my dad's unit number was 40. Mm. So everybody called me 40.5. Well, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's like every morning, every morning, my dad would come into dispatch center and like bring me candy or like bring me a breakfast because <laughs> we weren't living together. Oh I was, gosh, so I had cute. moved out mm-hmm. and he, um, I had moved out into an apartment, but I'd see him every morning and um, he was down the hall because he's like sergeant of special ops now, but he'd come down every morning and we'd talk and hang out. And I just remember, like, I just really want to make him proud. I really don't want to, like, mess this up. And I think just after, you know, and then I, I blink and, like, eight years later, I'm still doing it. I ended up um, two and a half years into that. I ended up leaving that department and go, went to my current department I'm at now because I moved. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved up to the Blue Ridge Mountains, which is where I live now. Mm-hmm. And so that's at NRV, not the one where I am. And... I don't know. I just think it's kind of one of those things that if you're not in it, I don't think you really understand. Mm. But then when you get in it, you just get it. Yeah. You know? so. No, it's definitely, it's definitely a very unique uh, line of work experience. Like that. When you see another dispatcher, like I remember what uh, one of my dispatch friends that I came on the earlier episodes out of Iowa I didn't know she dispatched. I went back to Iowa for a uh, a wedding and we're like mm-hmm. at the bar. We're all like just talking. And then she was like, oh yeah, I dispatched. I was like, oh, me too. And it's just like this whole <laughs> yeah. level of connection that you have with folks that, that just get it, you know? And sometimes, especially in this field with the challenging stuff, you just sometimes need someone who just gets it and you don't have and, to explain it to. Right. And that is what, that's been the hardest thing in my life the past, you know, eight years or so, because you say you're a police officer, everybody gets it. You know, my husband's a volunteer fireman and he's been on the fire department for 20 years. Everybody gets it. He says mm-hmm. it and he doesn't have to explain, mm-hmm. you know, doctors, nurses, even people, um, animal control, public, like um, public works, everybody mm-hmm. just gets it and they know, oh, I know what you do. And for us, it's, what's the craziest call you've ever taken? What do you do? Like, and it's that kind of stuff. And it's just really people don't understand really what it is. And then when you do meet another dispatcher, you just get so happy. (laughs) Somebody understands me. Yeah. It is so true. Um, Isn't it crazy, like, how quickly time, like, just passes in this line of work? Because yeah. Like oh, yeah. I lateraled to my new agency and I just had my year like review 
And, uh-huh. you know, like probation is like 400 years in this line of work. So I still yes. have six more months to go to be off probation. But yeah, I had my year review and I'm like, oh my God, it's been a year already. Like, which means I'm going over five years as a dispatcher. Like it just, it flies. Oh, yeah. And I think it's gotten even worse for me now that I have a baby mm. and that I'm really like, I'm looking at my Snapchat time. Pop, and it's like two years ago you were pregnant dispatching right before you went out on maternity leave oh man and I just like oh my god because I just celebrated um I just celebrated my five year at the agency I'm at now mm-hmm. and so it's been five five and a half years since I've moved up here to this general area and I'm like I I just I feel like it was yesterday I feel like I got in my car and I moved up here and I mm-hmm. You know, I've I've been here five years and I still am really bad with directions. So sometimes I can't tell people like when people call nine one one and they they have like they're lost. I'm always like, I'm gonna put you on hold real quick and I'm gonna let you talk to somebody that can help you. Before we continue, we wanted to take a moment to thank our partners at Prepared. You can learn more about the awesome support and technology Prepared provides to first responders by heading to prepared911.com. Partners like Prepared help to continue our mission of supporting, empowering, and educating the heroes under the headset. You can learn more about our resources and partnerships by heading to theraspydispatcher.com. Now let's get back to the show. You know, it's funny, like when, when callers are like calling, they're like, yeah, you know, that little, that little store on the corner in between the, the, oh, yeah. know, the donut shop and the, and I'm like, no, I don't, yeah. I don't know every single store in our city. Like, no. Yes. And <laughs> my trainer, my trainer, when I came up here, he's from here. And it was like that with him. People would call in and he would be like, yeah, I know that rock that's by that tree. That's by so-and-so's house and where that fire was 15 years ago. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Cause I'm not from here. I didn't yeah. learn to drive here. I didn't grow up here. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have all like the kid. you know, when I came here, I was an adult and I mm-hmm. started working here and I kind of had to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, um, and it is funny. Like when I do train, I have trained some people that are born and raised here mm-hmm. And they just get it so fast, especially like when I'm trying to teach them the mapping system and stuff. And then like when they start going through and they're like, oh, I know where this is. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, I'll just be quiet. <laughs> I'll, I'll just let you, I'll let you handle this. You holler at me if you need any help. Right. No, I, I wish I could, I wish I said I was joking, but I have put people on hold on 911 before with calling with those calls where they call and they need directions yeah to pass it off to my supervisor or to somebody that's from here yeah and I'm like yeah, I know it sounds resources. Really- <laughs> yeah I was like I know it sounds really bad I've been working here for five years and I don't know where this road goes but I just I- and it's also I don't live in the county that I dispatch for I live in a county next to the one I dispatch for yeah and I so, think also, I don't trust callers like they're like well I'm going west and they're going east the whole time and yeah going- and I am I am not good enough to determine like if they're right or I'm right yeah you know I remember I was I could do it at my old agency because I lived there and it was a really tiny town and I was really good at getting people but our Montgomery County is big yeah 
there's a lot of things going on in there. And I, and a lot of it is what you said. It's people that they talk about things that aren't, don't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, we literally have something called the big Oak Mm. in our, in our town. And it's just a treat. (laughs) that's it that's it it's just a treat and so and if like you didn't know where that was or you had no idea there's no sign there's no it's nothing it's just a treat it's just everybody knows it's a big oak you know yeah it's literally the tree and yeah so it's that's hilarious yeah yeah I try my best well so you're you're eight years in and you're a CTO Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about that. Like your experience going from like um, not a trainer to a trainer and kind of your philosophy there. And, and yeah, um, really you about that. When I was at the agency I was at before, um, I was certified through APCO as a trainer. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of opportunities to train because we didn't have that many people before I left, but I knew it was something I wanted to do because once I got it, like once I got out of training, I loved my trainer. She was awesome. She was one of the most knowledgeable people in dispatch ever. And once I got out of that, the, when I was doing it on my own and the new people would come, people would start asking me questions or the officers would defer to me or other people in the room asking my opinions on things. It just made me feel really good that I was, I was confident enough and other people were confident enough around me. Hmm. Um, but I didn't get to train a lot when I was at my first agency. So when I went to my new one, you know, probation period, that's like 400 years long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had, I was on probation for a while and then there weren't any um, openings because we have four shifts, two days and two nights. We do the long week and the short week. Mm -hmm. So Monday, Tuesday off Wednesday, Thursday work, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Mm -hmm. the next week is Wednesday, Thursday. Um, And there weren't, um, I had been on night shift for a while because I was low man on the totem pole and I, uh, did a couple of stints on nights, but I really wanted to stay on daylight and there wasn't a daylight um, trainer opening. And so I just kind of hung tight. I was waiting, you know, and I told, I told my admin staff that I was really interested in it. And we were going through kind of a, a rough patch with staffing and they ended up um, activating temporary CTOs. Hmm. So I got, I got a temp spot and then a couple of my other coworkers got a temp spot. So I think that was in, that would have been three and a half years ago, maybe right around that time. I can't remember when, but, um, so I got a trainer or I got a trainee and he is just, he makes me look so good. He's just the smartest (laughs) little, he is blossomed and he's doing so many things that are outside Mm -hmm. of radio work. I mean, I'm outside of dispatch. He does radios. He does like, he works with, um, VDEM. He does all the, all this kind of stuff. I'm so proud of him. He always, yeah. and every, he always says, Chris trained me. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, it's all you buddy. <laughs> he makes me look so good. But I remember he was such a success and I felt so proud and so happy mm-hmm. that he did so well. Um, when there was an official opening on um, daylight, I applied and I got it. And I just, I've always been the kind of person that when I achieve one thing, I'm kind of looking for the next thing. And that's was, that's what was training was for me. Like once I was on my own and I did it, I was like, what's the next thing. Mm. And it, for me, it was, it was training for me. And I just, I have this kind of philosophy that if I have ever struggled on anything ever, I want to be the last person that's ever struggled on that. Cause I don't Mm. like, 
I don't like gatekeeping or holding this knowledge that I know that you may not know, but I'm going to make it hard for you because it was hard for me. I'm just not, I'm not into that at all. I love that. Cause I think <laughs> there is a, there is a bit of that in yeah. dispatch. I mean, if you're in dispatch, you, you, we acknowledge that there's a bit of a toxic uh, realm yeah. with, I would say, cause I'm only five, five, I'll go on six years in with right. folks who have been doing this a very long time that right. they want you to like, climb up the hill go to school in the snow barefoot yeah dispatch and we don't need to do that you know we no don't need and trauma because i've had people i've had people that i've looked up to before that were kind of like that and then i've had people on the opposite side that were just what can i do to help you let me show you everything i can show you i will overload you with information and i mean that's kind of how i feel if i if something ever was really, really hard for me, I don't want anybody else to feel stupid. I don't want anybody else to feel that way because I have had some dumb moments <laughs> in my dispatch career. I've had some moments where I felt this big, you know, where I've just not felt very good. And I don't, I don't ever want to make anybody feel that way. And that's one of the fun things about training for me is that if I can make someone's life easier, if I can help someone do better and that that's what I want to do. You know, I just um, got a trainee cut loose two weeks ago, I think. And she, we trained her on days, but she just went to nights. And I texted her how her, her first week was. She was telling me about like all the paperwork she was doing and how all the trap, the officers were running traffic stops. <laughs> and she had like, within the first week of her being on night shift, she just had all of these insane, crazy <laughs> things that she was handling on her own. And I know she did a really good job. And that's what makes me, you know she's confident and she's happy. And that's what makes me happy is knowing that I helped a little bit, you know, like I helped somebody get to that point, you know? So I enjoy it. I really, I really do love training, which is one, you know, it's definitely something if I, when I think about the trajectory of my career and how I want it to go, I know it's going to be within the training realm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's my goal. That's my heart. I think, I think that'd be amazing. And, you know, what's one of the ways that I kind of saw you and reached out to you is because I noticed you were posting a lot of like helpful, like handouts and like charts about training and oh yeah, like, what is, where do you find the inspiration for those things? And um, mainly, mainly what I said earlier, like it was things that I really had a problem with <laughs> and I just, um, and, you know, I just uh, downloaded Canva a couple months ago. Ooh, I love Canva. Hal- yeah. and I got to talking about about Canva. And her mm-hmm. and I go back and forth. She sends me stuff all the time about, like, how to do it and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I do it almost, like, in a selfish way because I'm trying to learn how to be better at producing digital content. Mm-hmm. And, well, what am I going to do it on? And I'm going to do it on something that I know. Mm-hmm. And all those little packets and things that I've been kind of putting out into the world is just things that I have struggled on. The biggest one I posted, um, was like a 20 page Annie Alley document mm. that I, the call processing one and how to read an Annie Alley screen and what is everything on there. We use, um, Vesta 911 for Same. our, um, call processing yeah, we I mean, do for work. our phone system. Mm-hmm. So I remember it was just so difficult for me to get it. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've, I've been dispatching before where I've had people who were really seasoned, who may not have known what every little line on that thing was, or 
you know, people who were brand new. And I remember trainees used to point and go, what's that? I'd say, I just, I don't know. <laughs> and we so acknowledge that we're, that's not there. We know that's not necessary. Yeah, that's, ignore that. So, and that's bad. what I did. And that's what I decided for the big Annie Alley packet. And it was during when I was um, studying for ENP too. Mm. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to make this for myself because I really, really need it. And I reached out to so many people. I was having my admin staff reach out to like Motorola mm-hmm. and like have them send Cause I said, if I'm going to put this out, I want it to be right. And I want it to be, I want to make sure that it's like stamp of approval from certain people. And all the stuff I got from was from Nina, all the definitions and everything. And I was screenshotting every time for like a solid month. If 911s were coming into the center, everybody knew, oh, it's a landline. Screenshot it for Chris. And they would <laughs> screenshot it. And I'd run back into the server room and get it. Or, um, you know, VoIP calls, phase one, phase two. I just told everybody, when you get these calls, let me know. Because I'm trying to, you know. And then I went through every line by line and was, like, adding fake names and adding fake addresses yeah. and like, changing. But yeah. I just really, I really wanted to help other people that anybody else had ever struggled with it. I didn't want them to anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of my thought process with that. You know, um, I had struggled in the past with writing DORs and making them sound professional. Mm-hmm. So I made one for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I made one for, I don't even, I've made a couple at this point, but it just all the little things that I have thought of. I'm making one now. I've got an idea in my head. That somebody actually in one of the Facebook groups gave to me, mm-hmm. but it's just things that, I know if I'm struggling as a CTO, someone else is probably struggling too. And even if I can just help one person, I, I consider that a success, mm-hmm. you know, plus it's, it's kind of given me a chance to kind of work on other skills like Canva and like creating, you know, creating content digitally, which I find pretty fascinating at this point. Oh, it's so, so fun, right? Like, yeah. I, like I tell people, I, I tell people all the time, so I got my degrees and stuff in criminal justice. I always thought I was going to go mm-hmm. into the field. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done it yet. So, you know, mm-hmm. but I remember getting my job in criminal justice as A, it was an interest, but B, it was job security, right? Like my dad yeah. was telling me like, there's always going to be law enforcement. There's always going to be, you know, mm-hmm. But now, like doing what I do now, and and I always had an interest in like computer graphics and things like that, and I'm putting mm-hmm. out all this content. I'm like, man, I really should have got a different degree. You know, I think about that sometimes too. Uh, oh, yeah. I should have done like some kind of digital. But mm-hmm. and I think, you know, I love you know I love my degree. I am happy that I got my degree. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, and one of the only, one of the only positive things. I feel like that came out of COVID was so much shifted to the internet in the sense of like content being available and mm-hmm. resources being available and people being able to do things like what you and I are doing right now. Obviously mm-hmm. they were, everybody did this stuff before COVID, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's launched, you know, and that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I started on my ENP journey because it was what, two years ago, maybe there was a virtual conference and I had never even been to a real conference. So I was like, well, that's cool. And so I signed up and Halcyon Frank was doing a session and Mm -hmm. I loved her session. I thought she was so cool. (laughs) And she was talking about her ENP or I saw that she got it. So I started looking it up. I was like, wow. I said, well, 
that was kind of a cool goal for me to reach because I had, I had gotten my uh, CTO and I was happy doing that, but I was also looking for like the next thing to do. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up writing her out of the blue, emailing her. I was like, Hey, you don't know me, but um, like, same way I met her. Like, yeah. <laughs> and she was so sweet. She wrote me back and sent me all of this resources for studying for the EMP. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I just started diving into it. And then she and I met in person at the APCO conference last year in Texas. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I had ever been to a national conference. Isn't and I thought so that cool? was so, oh I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I yeah. met all these awesome women. I met um, Sarah Weston from the Wonder Women. I met all these wonderful women from Nina. Mm -hmm. And they were all so encouraging. They were like, go get that ENP. You can yeah. do it. Like, it was so awesome. And I you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I poured my heart and soul, blood, sweat and tears into that. And then I got it. And I'm very, very proud of myself and very happy that I got it. But then I was like, well, what's the next thing I'm gonna do? And my next thing was, um, I really wanted to speak at a conference. And I actually got accepted to speak at APCO, Virginia, next month. Oh, in Roanoke. Yeah. So that. I will be I will be in Roanoke. Um, October 27th to, to do my conference, which is great. Cause it's only like an hour from my, from me right now. And Roanoke is where I went to school to college. So I think it's kind of fun. It's been that a full circle. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the hotel it's at is super fancy. And I remember being like 18, 19, just thinking about how cool that hotel was like all the, <laughs> the really bougie people went to that hotel yeah. <laughs> and now I'll be, now I'll be speaking, but I, I think it's, I just love I love the shift that public safety is going through right now that gives us all of these opportunities mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. do. I mean, especially, you know, especially someone like, I didn't even realize these were a thing five years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really truly did not know. I didn't realize there was, and maybe it was just because I was from a small agency and I was kind of sheltered, mm -hmm. but really once, once COVID hit and we were all on lockdown and more and more, things started popping up with all of the trainings, all of the webinars and the conferences and just everything, you know, I did my entire ENP study online. Yeah. We didn't have to go in person or anything. And I'm just, I'm really grateful. That's probably the only the one positive thing that I could say came out of, you know, those two years basically of lockdown mm -hmm. is that we have all of these new opportunities you know, to do stuff like that. Yeah. No, it's so true because I mean, one of the, one of the main reasons I started the Raspy Dispatcher very early is like, I felt like Dispatch didn't have a big representation in the first responder world. Like we yeah. had some folks, if you're a dispatcher, you know them like who are known dispatchers and stuff like that. But I just feel like as a whole, we're underrepresented. Right. And one thing that I always say is mm -hmm. I went through my undergrad my master's degree and never, not once, no one mentioned anything about dispatch. Oh yeah. You got a criminal justice degree. Right. And not, yeah. We didn't talk about it. Not, not and it's, yeah. and it just blew my mind as I'm sitting in the Academy and I'm realizing all the things we're, we do as dispatchers, how, how is that not a topic? And mm -hmm. even more so it's like, Yes, we need more folks in the field, firefighters, officers, things like that. But 
a lot of the the things that folks have to do out there is sometimes they'll end up meshing well with the people who want to do them. And they're still looking for an outlet and a way to be in the first responder community and a way to support the communities that they're working mm-hmm. in. And it's like, hey, dispatch, we're hiring. Right? <laughs> and isn't it so, isn't it so sad? It's this weird imbalance and it's such a sad reality that mm-hmm. we as dispatchers know everything in quotations mm-hmm. about officers and firefighters and even nurses and at all of them and then it's like you ask you ask the flip side they're like who <laughs> <laughs> yes and it's like well it's my job to know my mm-hmm. job to know every ins and outs of all of your department's policies all of your department's you know, tin coats, everything. It is my job to know every little thing that you do mm-hmm. when you're out on the field, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not reciprocated. And I don't think it's the fault of anybody in particular. It's just kind of the, the culture or just how, how we are at this point. Cause you know, Oh, drop my AirPod. Mm-hmm. You know that they're, everybody knows those officers that treat us like gold. Mm-hmm. you know as we should be but then you have then you have the flip side ones that really don't mm-hmm. because they have no idea what we're doing they don't care to know what we're doing mm-hmm. but they expect us to to do it all yeah you know and it's always kind of funny when that one officer or whatever comes up to the dispatch center and sees it when it hits the fan mm. and they just have this epiphany. Yeah. No, it's so true. <laughs> like, I have officers who are just like, sergeants even, just like, I can do your job. Like, yes. they're like hanging out, phones will start ringing, something will come out and then they're like, ah, I'm going to go. <laughs> just like, yes. We're just going yes. to, it's, it's too, it's too chaotic in here because you do got to learn to manage like this chaos when things, especially in smaller agencies because I went from a big one to a small one so I had yeah. to learn to shuffle differently you know and oh yeah that's what we we joke the old timers um mm-hmm. we were the agency I'm at now is consolidated mm-hmm. and years ago I think we we're on year six or year seven but years ago it was four separate agencies that mm-hmm. came into one mm-hmm. most of everybody you know all four centers came together and they hired people from each center um, I didn't work at any of those, but I came from a place where you were by yourself. Mm. And it's really funny when us old timers get to talking where we were like, we, we did all of this by ourselves. Mm. We were everything. And then like, and I'm so thankful now that I work in a room where at any given moment I can have five or six or seven people beside me mm. to help. But I, I, it's so funny. I think about these times where I was 21 years old <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. in this police department by myself running the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> it was just me. She just starts turning on the, on the tones or the beeper just for fun. And they're like, why is the beeper? Ah, this is boring. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I, what? That is something I used to say a lot when I was younger is like, look, they're giving me jobs that I have just, there's a lot of responsibility for the amount of maturity that I possess. (laughs) And you know, it's bad when like the things started going down. Cause one time all of our Verizon lines went down and we were using the handhelds and we were, I think I got on my cell phone or something and I called my boss at home and I was like, help. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Right. You know, like, you know, and then like um, with our agency where I came from, 
the road supervisor was your supervisor mm. at night. So you had to kind of relay things to them. Mm. And I'll never forget, we had like lease and paperwork or like NCIC, like our, our um, warrants and protective order paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I would call them asking, can I send the teletype or can I do this or can I do that? And they'd be like, what, what should you do? <laughs> and, oh, they still do that. I'm like, and hey, I'd be like, yes, yes. <laughs> hey, I'm, supposed, I'm supposed to call you. And they're like, okay, <laughs> we're on the phone. I'm like, yeah. So <laughs> this is what I think. And they're like, yeah, yeah. I think you should do that. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Or, or you get them out there and it would be two o'clock in the morning and they'd rustle back and they're like, can you explain to me what this protective order means? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me show you. <laughs> it means this person can't hear blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's so funny that so much responsibility. I mean, I was 21. I had, I had a whole town. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole town just, just to me. But, and like, um, it would usually be from midnight to six in the morning. You'd be by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then in the next morning, it would be 6 a.m. to noon mm-hmm. that you were by yourself. So there, there was tons of time. I mean, obviously, like, people would start coming in in the mornings. But, mm-hmm. I mean, there would be times, especially on Tuesday mornings for court days, mm-hmm. you'd have the officers come in with a stack of paperwork can you run on me on my DMV um, <laughs> all my transcripts and I'm like you've got court in 10 minutes yeah <laughs> don't you worry Terrible. and it's like 911's ringing and I'm like still trying to do this stuff before they get to court oh my God. you know I'm it definitely had its pros and cons I do love that I'm in a consolidated center now where I do have so much more help and I do have people to lean on and talk to throughout the day but it is funny when you look back and realize all the all the responsibility you really did have and somehow we made it through <laughs> Somehow, <laughs> I did want to circle back um, I know we tangented a little bit that's probably my fault but oh, you're fine I talk um, a lot like when oh I get going God. same uh, but I did want to talk a little bit more about the EMP because I feel oh, yeah. like um I feel like I'm probably in the stage of the journey that you were in you know a couple of years ago which is I'm starting to learn more about Nina and APCO and, you know, the dispatch specific things that are available like ENP and like APCO has their own kind and, um, you know, all the different types of um, alphabets that you could throw on the end of your name and, and, you know, be going and doing a conference. Like that's something I want to do eventually Mm -hmm. as well. Um, so I just, I selfishly wanted to know more about how you kind of decided to do the EMP and like what the EMP means for folks who don't know what it means and are looking for more ways to show the world, like, look, I'm a dispatch professional and this, yeah. you know, this is why. Well, like I said, I saw that Halcyon had it and I was like, what is that? I haven't seen that before. And so Halcyon and I got to talking, but then I looked it up on Nina and ENP stands for emergency numbers professional. And it basically is what it, I mean, what it is, it's like your commitment to you're in this career, you know, you're in this and it's everything from the business side, um, liability and laws and policy to 911 call processing to next gen to radios, to trunking, to conventional systems. I mean, it's like the whole, the whole big gamut, right? Mm. And 
in order to apply, you have to be uh, three years as a dispatcher. And then your education goes, um, it's a point system. So you need about 10 points to actually apply and sit for the exam. Okay. And depending on what you've done in your career, uh, you get, it's three years minimum. And then after that, every year you get X amount of points. Um, you said you have your master's. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you'll have even more points than I had. Cause I only had my bachelor's. Mm -hmm. um, and then if you've ever taken classes like the CMCP class or the Nina supervisors or the CTO class, um, if you're registered, I mean, if you're um, certified in EMD emergency medical dispatch, all of those things add up for points and you can mm -hmm. look on the website for Nina and it's pretty straightforward on like how many points you have to sit. Mm -hmm. um, and then I applied and I got accepted to sit for the exam. But it is, it is probably one of the hardest things I've ever done really? in my life mm -hmm. because it's so much information. Mm -hmm. It is like, it's this much information. And then, you know, it's, I think they said they pull from like 900 to a thousand different questions and it's 150 mm -hmm. questions. Okay. So like every test, they, I think they shuffle it up every, every six months or something. I can't remember what it was, but it's, if you want to do it, go for it because it was probably mm -hmm. the, the, it was stressful, but it was the best experience because mm -hmm. learning it, I feel like really made me a lot better at my job. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to, I got the ENP study guide, the little blue book mm -hmm. and I read it cover to cover at least five times, marked it up, made things or whatever, but it's not the only thing they say it all throughout the book. This is not the only thing you need to, to, to look up, you know, yeah. um, mission critical partners has an amazing study group. It's for free. Um, that's who I use. There's a couple different ones out there, but the ones that I went through was mission critical and they're so amazing. You sign up and it's pretty much every they do it once a week and it's a zoom meeting. Oh. And because of my, because of my job, I literally never was live. I always watch the recordings. Mm. You get the PowerPoint, you get the notes anytime oh. you've ever had. Oh yeah. It was, and it's all for free and it was so perfect. So you'd sign up at the beginning of the semester and every week you would get the information. Um, and the people there are so helpful and incredibly wonderful. Um, and I had tons of questions and I would email them. And mm -hmm. if she didn't know the woman who was running the study group, she would forward mm -hmm. my question on to the person that did know. Yeah. And I, I did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, my husband got me an iPad for my birthday the year before. And so I downloaded um, all of these study apps and I had like 2000 flashcards or something <laughs> insane like that, because I was like, I'm going to just, and I mean, it really, I did it at my own pace. You, mm -hmm. they do this, the exam four times a year. Mm -hmm. um, but I just started studying and then I decided as the deadline was coming up, am I ready to, am I ready to take it? That's you know? And, but the good thing is there's so much, there's so much out there now. You know, I was watching old YouTube videos. I was watching, um, you know, uh, webinars and trainings. Like there's so much that you can find, you know, practice tests and everything. And there's really only the last time I checked, Nina said there was like 1100 of us in the Canada and the United States. I think the number's gone up a little bit since then, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is pretty cool that you feel like you're a part of this 
really smart, awesome, cool club. Yeah. <laughs> that, no. that you worked really hard to get. Yeah. And it's so worth it. It is, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely cried a lot yeah. because it was, it was, you know, and I ended up um, taking it at home and I just, I did it that way because I couldn't find a, a testing, uh, testing site close to me. Mm-hmm. But it is, I couldn't recommend it enough. If somebody really wanted to get it, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is difficult. It's hard. It's not, and it's not something easy. Mm-hmm. But if it was easy, everybody would get it. And that's mm-hmm. why I think the no, I think that's why it has so much bearing nowadays that when people see it on your name, like, oh, wow. Like, good for you. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> right? I tried really hard. <laughs> and, and there are, there are, um, places and folks who offer scholarship opportunities, right? Because yes. it, it's a yes. little bit of an investment financially. It's, it's mm-hmm. like what, five, five something or something like it that. It was close because I was a NEMA yeah. member. It was a little under, it was like 400 and something. And I know mm-hmm. some agencies will pay. Like if you yeah. went to your agency, some would pay for it themselves. And, and for um, those who are like, shoot your shot with your agency because a right? lot of <laughs> A lot of time because my agency ended up paying for me to go to APCO, which right. thank you guys. Um, but yeah, a lot of so time, did mine. Yeah, yeah. These agencies they have training budgets, and if they and don't, sometimes use, they don't know. Yeah, yeah, and if they don't use all of their training budget, the next year typically they get less. So there are a lot of folks and a lot of agencies that want to spend money um not particularly because they like you in, individually but because right, like, but they, they need to spend the money so they can get more money you know like right so and I I um our um radio systems manager at um where I work he has his ENP he got it mm-hmm. a long time ago I think but I was pretty proud because I was the first dispatcher at my agency to get it Mm. And um, I know a couple people are actively studying at my agency to get theirs too. Mm. And I'm super excited for them to get it. But I, it's cool that like years from now, it'll always be like that first. <laughs> the first That's person. right. You're like, my jerseys are tired. I'm up there on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, my director, my director put me in the little like um, report for the, like the, I guess the PSAP report or whatever yeah. that I was like the, the first one to get it and everything. And I mean, it was, I feel like after doing it, you just get such this boost of confidence that you're like, mm-hmm. I am where I'm supposed to be. I am doing what I'm supposed to do. And it gives me the confidence to do stuff like this yeah. or speak at conferences or put out content on LinkedIn or like connect with people on LinkedIn. Because I think a lot of times with things like imposter syndrome and people being self-conscious, I have to keep telling myself, when am I going to allow myself to be confident? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been doing this for so long and I know I'm good at it, but when am I going to just allow myself to accept that? Yeah. You know, yeah. cause I, I do have, I have a lot of, I struggle a lot with that still that, you know, yeah. You know, I do. Maybe um, I'm not good enough. Yeah, <laughs> like, like who the, who, who's the ras- who is the raspy dispatch? Right, like, you know, right? Like, yeah. Totally. yeah, or you know, I just tell myself, oh, like they just screwed up the test. I didn't actually pass. I've just been walking around thinking I I got it, but I really <laughs> just didn't. waiting for them to give me the call. Like actually, <laughs> actually, those letters you know, back. And when I when I got accepted to the conference, 
I was like, maybe only like two people applied. (laughs) (laughs) They just accepted me by default. And I still have these ideas and I still have these feelings. And I'm trying really hard to work through those that Mm -hmm. what I do, what I have to say is important and Mm -hmm. I am important and I am valid. And I just have to keep telling myself that. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true because like when I went to the conference, I was, I was like, I'd never speak. Like, what am I going to speak about? And I still don't know what I'm going to speak about when I decide to pull that trigger. But I remember sitting in the conference, like listening to all these different, like amazing people and going, I could do this. Like, this is definitely something I could do, you know? Right. Like I I could do this. And so it it is, it is a constant battle with imposter syndrome and like feeling like you can like run, run amongst the, you know, the Ryans and the Halcyons of the world. And like, yeah. You're like, what what I have to say is not really, no one really cares. Yeah. Yeah, and it is so valid. Like every every dispatchers, if you're like not sure, um, a you can come on. Let's talk dispatch. Always available for a chat. (laughs) Uh, B, but like we all have, it's such a unique job, and you have such unique experiences that someone is gonna relate to your story. Like someone can relate, and we need to we need more folks to be the face of this part of the first responder realm. Yeah, I just really wish that dispatching was more mainstream. Mm-hmm. I wish dispatch training was more mainstream. You know, there's just so much that I've dived into within the past year of learning training methods and all of this stuff because I want to be a better trainer and it blows my mind that it's not like actively like it's not ready information for dispatchers. I've had to go like search it out and look for it. It's it's so true because blows my mind. One of the like when I first started, you know, putting us through all the training and whatnot, and in my academy, we would have to do a lot of like the post uh, for California. We have post and we have to do a bunch of training through them, mm-hmm. and it's on the computer video training. But yeah. most of the time, it was like geared towards officers like we're watching this thing mm-hmm. and yeah. the the actual person this video training was made for was an officer mm-hmm. and we have to watch it to check a box off because there is no mm-hmm. webinar on this topic and I can't remember what topic it was but mm-hmm. but there's no video that was made for dispatch on this topic so we end up watching this patrol oh, yeah and-, and you're like this has nothing to do with my job like mm-hmm. I'm not this, this part that you're showing me, I'm not doing this part, but I still have to watch this video. Oh yeah. And I'm so fascinated that when I start, LinkedIn has definitely helped me open my eyes to a lot of things. Cause I'm not just seeing dispatch stuff. You get a lot of really cool content when you're on yeah. LinkedIn Yeah, and a lot of like the corporate business world just blowing my mind. And I was yeah. like, we can use this. Yes. Like I can take that and I can change it up a little bit or mm-hmm. these books that I'm reading that I never thought that I needed to read. I'm reading now and I'm like, wow. Yeah. So because dispatch kind of gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Public safety kind of gets left behind and it the does. world doesn't really advertise this stuff to dispatch mm-hmm. because no one truly understands what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, it's just, and that's why, I'm such a big fan of Halcyon because she really is trying to bridge that gap 
Yeah. And her and I talk about that all the time. And we're always just like, make dispatch training. Make it free. <laughs> like, 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 it's a, that on a shirt. Shoot. Yeah, it's, a, it's a hill we want to die on. And yes. I'm such a big fan of her because yeah. her and I geek out a lot about training stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just stuff that I wish wasn't so duh. You know, yeah. like I wish it was already readily available. And mm-hmm. even if it's not, it's okay. We'll get there one day. But I do like how we have these kind of pioneers right now shifting towards yeah. that. So that kind of, that makes me happy. And like, you know, a lot of my stuff right now at this point with the Raspy Dispatcher is helping people get into the, into the field, right? And eventually mm-hmm. I'd like to tiptoe into like the dispatch training current dispatchers. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of it's geared towards helping folks get into the job because you need more dispatchers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I remember one person on my YouTube channel was like, Hey, and for our post test for California, because some yeah. use critical, some use post. And post is super old school, like Scantron, you go to a gym, like there's oh God. You know, 100 people, <laughs> there's a speaker in the corner. It's a terrible setup, in my personal opinion. But they have a study guide, a practice guide. And on the front of it, it says like post dispatch 1994. <laughs> and I remember someone was like, is that the most up to date? And I was like, yeah, that's that's the most up to date. They have not they have not changed this since 1994. And they were even like, they didn't believe me. And they emailed Post, and Post was like, yep, this is the most up to date. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry. Wow. Yeah, nothing's changed. We couldn't make any changes to this since then. And it's just, but it comes it comes full circle to the fact that Post is our police standard, and they just work dispatch into it as well like we're just kind of yes. in yes. and we're put on the back burner in a sense which you know post post is it's critical is already hard to pass right it's a pretty difficult test a lot of people struggle with it mm-hmm. then you put then you get a post test for california and you put this in this environment where it's like scantron speakers in the corner room i'm straining to hear it's like we can do better. <laughs> we, yeah, need to it's, we need to create environments and, for people to be successful. Yeah. And it's so crazy. I know it's state by state, but you look at like the training goals and stuff that mm-hmm. firemen and law enforcement and all of them are supposed to meet. It's so detailed and it's so like black and white. Mm-hmm. And then dispatch is over here and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Just yeah. do whatever. They'll be okay. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah. And I know I'm so happy. It's a lot of more work. It's more work than I personally want to put in, but I'm very, very proud of everybody else that are doing the reclassification kits all throughout the United States Mm -hmm. where they're combing through and they're trying to get us better resources and define our jobs better and get better things for us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's not something I'm personally interested in doing, but I'm very happy that there are other people. Yeah, you know, There's something for everyone. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. Like yeah. we, we got reclassified in California uh, two years ago. Yeah. And then now there's a, there's a Senate bill on the, on the books right now to help get more, um, to include dispatchers so we can get mental health services. Yes. Same like first responders are, I did an episode on it. Um, Senate bill 284. Um, so there's the folks that are doing that work, man. Oh yeah. You know, 
I am not a, I am not a politician, so I'm yeah. happy that there are people up on Capitol Hill working that for us. <laughs> exactly. You know, and send me that info. I'll put it out there all day. I'm not yeah. going to be the person who goes and writes it or helps write it. No, um, but I am. But it will benefit us at the end. You know, exactly. in the end, everybody will will be better for it. So I'm I'm pretty excited. We have. I feel like there's a huge shift right now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like studying for the ENP, we're right on the line of like legacy stuff and the next gen. So I was trying to learn yeah. both, but eventually legacy will literally just be a thing of the past and yeah. we're all the next gen and we are shifting into this whole new ver- like horizon basically of yeah. this past. So. so awesome. It's so exciting. Well, we're all, we're pretty much at the end here. What is kind of the last thing you're wanting to leave folks with a little, a little nugget, something for their tool belt, um, advice. What would you say to someone? Um, I think, you know, for me, the, I think one of the reasons how and why that I've been able to stay in this job so long is that I am trying to look for the next thing, not next, not necessarily the next best thing, but it's a, it has been a way to not keep me complacent or completely burnt out mm. because it does get very, very hard in this job. Mm. And I've actually kind of taken control of my, my own stress and my own mental health lately. And I've been reading so many good books and I've been really studying up on like how stress affects the body. And I'd like to kind of come out with stuff like for that soon, just to kind of prepare people and I think that's the biggest thing, like being educated in yourself and knowing that the this is not an easy job mm-hmm. and things are going to follow you, even if you don't think that they're following you. They're hard hours. It's hard work. Um, and especially when you kind of feel like the world doesn't understand you mm-hmm. when you're at a party and you say you're a dispatcher, yeah. nobody gets it. When you're <laughs> at a bar and you say you're a dispatcher, nobody gets it. So it can feel mm-hmm. kind of lonely and isolating sometimes, yeah. which is why things like these are so good. So I think if I had advice for anybody that was coming in, you know, just make sure you're always on top of it, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing that what you really want, because you don't want to blink and you're five years in and miserable and you wonder how Mm -hmm. in the world did I allow myself to get here? And I'm, I am proud of myself because I blinked and I'm almost eight years in, but I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And I've had times where I wasn't, but I recognized it enough to fix it and that's the kind of stuff of like I need to shift my focus to something positive like trying to get an ENP or trying to become a trainer because it's what I want to do or help people or do something fun like a podcast where I can Mm -hmm. talk about you know the good stuff and and the bad stuff so I don't know how good of advice that is I think that was amazing (laughs) advice you know where can people like find you, find your resources, connect with you? Um, I hang around a lot in the Wonder Women Facebook group. Awesome. I'm always, I'm always around there. Um, <laughs> but the biggest thing is um, my LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. just Chris Nichols. And I'm constantly connecting with people. I don't have anything fancy like a website or business cards or anything. Not, like not that. yet. Not yet. I'm just, yeah. I'm just either, you'll find me floating around in the CTO Facebook group and the Wonder Women Facebook group. <laughs> That's awesome. And, all, so and I would include all your like LinkedIn and anything you okay. want them to be able to reach you directly. Okay, in awesome. Notes so they can find you easily there as well. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate and really enjoyed this chat. Yeah, me too. And I'll be right back with you. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. That was our episode today. Super excited about that episode. Like I said, it's a little selfishly plugging at the EMP stuff because I'm just learning about it as well. Um, and it is a great resource for folks who are wanting to be more involved as a dispatch professional and really learn all these things that we don't get to learn doing the job daily, um, kind of that back end stuff. So definitely like, subscribe, tell a friend, check out all the resources, reach out to Chris if you have any further questions about training and EMP. She's always willing to jump on and chat with you. And until next time, everybody, stay raspy. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Let's Talk Dispatch. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube at The Raspy Dispatcher. Follow us on Instagram and check out Let's Talk Dispatch anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'll see you next time and stay raspy.